During my childhood in the 1950s, my hometown of Plainfield, New Jersey was home to all classes, rich, poor, and in between, and many races, religions, and ethnicities. My family's social circle, however, centered around the Plainfield Junior League, where my mother volunteered, and the Plainfield Country Club, where we swam, played tennis, and dined out. As a child, I was unaware that both excluded Jews and people of color. I was so culturally segregated, I didn't eat my first bagel until I went to summer camp. My first pizza until I went to boarding school. My first collard greens and enchiladas until my 20s. Maybe that's why I'm so excited about diversity today. America is changing, and so are we. As you've probably heard, by 2042, European Americans will no longer be a majority in the United States. Cambridge and Somerville are especially diverse racially and ethnically. Within five years, one in four of our neighbors will be of color, Latino, Latina, or Hispanic. The largest and fastest growing of these groups is Asian, mostly Chinese and Indian. The word diversity means different things to different people, and it can be trivialized by overuse. But diversity consultants Patty DeRosa and Ulrich Johnson point out that our fascination with diversity represents our yearning to answer some fundamental questions about human identity and experience. Who are we? What are we? Whose descriptions define us? Why are our identities important and why should we explore them at all? How do they impact the way we see ourselves and lead our lives? Who has access and power? And to whom are they denied or restricted? Why is there such division among people? How can we come together? My colleague, the Reverend Dr. Mark Morrison Reed, author of the groundbreaking book, Black Pioneers in a White Denomination, is himself such a pioneer. He is a lifelong Unitarian Universalist and one of our first African-American ministers. Now retired from the parish, he is an eloquent preacher, a confirmed integrationist, and a passionate and compassionate champion of the inherent worth and dignity of every person. So when Marson Reed offered a talk at General Assembly last June titled, The Perversity of Diversity, people took notice. In his presentation, Marson Reed named us an ethnic religion. An ethnic religion, he repeated, like Ukrainian Catholics, Korean Presbyterians, and Slavic Lutherans. Unitarian Universalists, he observed, are overwhelmingly Euro-American, highly educated, English-speaking, rationalistic, gay-friendly, skeptical of Christianity, with a restrained style of worship and, quote, upper-middle-class progressive North American values, unquote. Our problem, Morrison Reed argued, our problem is our self-image, our collective ego. We want to be different, 
than we are, he said, because we want to feel better. When Unitarian Universalists talk about diversity, he contended, we really mean only people of color, Latino, Latina, and Hispanic, while ignoring other kinds of diversity. Citing demographic data, Morrison Reed pointed out that the increase of UUs from these groups tracks precisely the increase in their education and income levels, because highly educated middle-class people of whatever background, quote, fit into our UU culture, unquote. This trend, he said, will continue regardless of what we UUs do or don't do. Change will come whether we work for it and celebrate it, or distrust it and resist it, or simply wait. It will come whether we want it or not. Morrison Reed's address spoke many truths, some painful, some humorous, some both at once. But reflecting upon it, I found myself troubled by its seeming resignation, its sense of futility, and its potential interpretation as license for complacency. Morrison Reed, who edited an anthology titled Been in the Storm So Long, has weathered many storms. Through decades of struggle, as an African-American Unitarian Universalist minister, he has earned his rest. We have not. For us at First Parish in Cambridge, whatever our color or culture or class, the time has come not to throw up our hands, but to roll up our sleeves. Like many of us, I've sometimes used the word diversity as shorthand for diversity of color, and that's a mistake. Diversity also includes diversity of thought, age, class, culture, education, national origin, sexual orientation, gender presentation, physical and mental ability, and other variables. When I talk about a multiracial, multicultural, justice-making future, I envision that inclusive breadth of diversity. Of course, Unitarian Universalism has a culture. Every group does. But culture is not ethnicity, because culture can change. We think we don't like a certain food, but then we do. We think we don't like a style of music, but then we do. We think we don't like to sing, but then we do. A lot of heterosexuals think they don't like gay people until they get to know one. If I'm ethnically Armenian-American, I'm Armenian-American till the day I die, no matter how acculturated I may become. But as a Unitarian Universalist, I can change if I am willing. I have before. I will again. Not because I should, but because I want to. Because I yearn to. We who have chosen this faith can choose the kind of faith we want it to become if we are intentional and flexible and forgiving and faithful. 
Morrison Reed is right. Change is inevitable. In this ancient truth, there is liberation and peace, but no excuse for inaction. There are two kinds of change, passive and active. One happens to us, the other we choose. One drifts with the tide, the other charts a course. One affects us, the other defines us. If, as Morrison Reed seems to counsel, Unitarian Universalists sit tight, relax, and wait for change to happen, we may eventually become somewhat more racially diverse, but other diversities of class, education, ability, and culture will remain unaddressed and largely unaltered. While we wait for demographics to overtake us, millions of people, who might have enriched our congregations, alienated by our inertia, our rigidity, and our self-satisfaction, they'll go elsewhere. We will remain culturally impoverished, while those who pass us by miss out on gifts of fellowship and spirit they might have found here. Take, for example, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people of color shunned by Christian churches only to feel unwelcome in a white-dominated Unitarian Universalist church. If we do nothing, the children and youth of color already among us will leave in search of a more supportive spiritual community. Re Reverend Rosemary Bray McNatt's 16-year-old son Henry startled her when he suggested he might join another religion when he grew up. It's not that I don't like being a UU, he told her. I'm just tired of being the only black kid in the youth group, and the only black kid at camp, and the only black kid everywhere. Morrison Reed charges Unitarian Universalists with seeking diversity because we want to feel better. Guilty, as charged. I do want to feel better, and I bet you do too. Feeling good is not an ultimate goal. Indifferent to justice, feeling good is just narcissism. But you know what? Working for justice feels good. Standing on the side of love feels good. Doing the right thing feels good. Beloved community, feels good. It felt good when marriage equality became law in Massachusetts. It felt good the night an African American was elected president of the United States. It will feel good when this congregation is truly multiracial, multicultural, and justice-making. That's culture change. <laughs> The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice, said Martin Luther King Jr., paraphrasing Unitarian abolitionist minister Theodore Parker. Our task, our calling, is not passively to await the bending, but to aid and abet it with all our strength. 
Marson, Marson Reed cautions that guilt-tripping white folks playing pin the tail on the racist, keeping us timid and oh so careful, is not the way. We should, he said, lighten up and laugh at our mistakes, indeed encourage them, and then apologize for our gaffes and forgive the inevitable blunders. Speaking as your blunderer-in-chief, I say, Amen. Finally, Morrison Reed says we should admit we really don't want change. In his words, we don't want change, at least not too much. We would settle for looking different rather than being different. But pursue diversity, he says, and you invite change. Change and you become something different than you were drawn to in the beginning. That is the conundrum, he says. This is a powerful critique, not only of Unitarian Universalism, but of humanity. We want security, reliable ritual, the comfort of the familiar. But we also seek out the new and improved. We delight in the different. We rejoice in the challenging even the transformative. Why call it conundrum? It's paradox, truth in apparent contradiction, both and. Let not our fear of change overpower our love of justice and the dream of beloved community. Diversity is the destiny of our world, and if Unitarian Universalism is to survive and thrive, it must be our destiny too. We can be an island of whiteness in a river of many colors and cultures, or we can plunge into the living water and partake of its liberating power. If we shrink back, warns my colleague, the Reverend Dr. Paul Razor, we could devolve into a quaint relic of a once vital tradition holding fast to our good liberal ideas while continuing to bicker about them, protecting an increasingly insular identity, ironically slipping into the kind of safe and unchallenging provincialism we have always resisted. But if we take the leap into the river of diversity, we could become what sociolo sociologist Michael Emerson calls Sixth Americans. Emerson studies multiracial congregations. Besides the traditional five classifications of European, African, Asian, Latino, Hispanic, and Native American, Emerson identifies as Sixth Americans, those who live in a world rich in daily interactions with people not like themselves. They cultivate relationships with those of different backgrounds and cultures and become conversant and increasingly comfortable in those relationships. And they seek out religious communities in which these relationships thrive, thereby enriching their lives and nourishing their souls. We have a lot of work to do amongst ourselves and in the community around us but we've made a promising start. 
Over a year ago, the congregation voted to hire the Just Change Consultancy, which has been guiding us in becoming a multiracial, multicultural, justice-making congregation. Last June, we voted to call an associate minister of color, Latino, Latina, or Hispanic, through the Diversity of Ministry Initiative of the Unitarian Universalist Association. Yesterday, eight First Parish leaders and I participated in Transforming Our Whiteness, a day-long workshop on white privilege. Our transformation team, headed by Standing Committee Chair, Standing Committee Vice Chair Chris McElroy, is coordinating a series of videos and conversations which continue next Sunday with part two of Race, the Power of an Illusion. Our social justice activists are partnering with neighborhood groups for health care and immigration reform. The Worship Committee and I are committed to ASL interpretation of the first Sunday service each month and we're striving to make our worship experience warmer, more welcoming, and more accessible and inspiring to people of all backgrounds. After his talk at General Assembly, Mark Morrison Reed was asked what Unitarian Universalism might look like in 20 years. He answered, if we can merge true, honest emotion with liberal religion, and they are not contradictory in spite of what some people believe, I can't tell you what we will look like. It will be vastly different. Rosemary Bray McNatt illuminates the difficult and joyful path before us. We have a lot more humanity to learn about, she says, a lot more practicing to do, with a lot more people than we're used to. We'll have to learn to love each other more and in better ways than we do right now. We'll have to learn to forgive each other more and in better ways than we are used to doing. We want our churches to be safe, but safety is a relative term when it comes to religious community. For if we are really practicing what it means to be human in an ever-widening circle of humanity, Ray McNatt says, our congregations may become some of the most dangerous places we know because they will become faithful communities of change as we call each other into that territory of the soul that distinguishes the church from a social club or a sorority or a coffee house for the vaguely spiritual. Filmmaker Henry Hampton producer of Eyes on the Prize, worked in the 1960s as public information director of the Unitarian Universalist Association. He once said, when you dream something, you can begin to take it upon yourself, make it yours, change it, but you have to dream it first. You have to think of the world as you would really have it. I don't mean wish it, I mean dream it. And sometimes, Hampton said, sometimes I think Unitarian Universalists wish more than they dream. Let's stop wishing for beloved community and start dreaming it, planning it, seeing it, living it, until we wake up one astonishing blessed morning, oh Lord, what a morning, to find the dream come true.
Amen. And blessed be.